0: Hey, fellow murder peeps, I'm Sarah. And I'm Anthony. Welcome to Bonding Over Murder, the show where I tell Anthony true crime stories he's never heard of before.
1: I mean, they're pretty interesting for the most part, even if they are really terrible.
0: Oh. Well- this one today is going to be really interesting because it's in Alberta. Oh,
1: cool. Maybe I've heard of it.
0: Um, I don't think so. Okay. But we'll see. Uh, got a case you want us to cover? Email us at bondingovermurder@gmail.com. at gmail.com. Today we're going to be talking about Robert Raymond Cook, the last man to be hanged in Alberta.
1: How long ago was that?
0: 1960.
1: What? <laughs> Why are we hanging people in the 60s?
0: Apparently... When Canada had capital punishment, hanging was the only way we executed people ever. Oh, wow. The military had death by firing squad, but for regular civilians, yeah, you just got hanged.
1: Okay, that I knew. I knew about the military, but man, uh, wow. Death by hanging, and in the 60s. That seems very old-timey. Yeah. Like, I feel like everyone should have been riding horses, not driving (laughs) Dodge Camaros.
0: (laughs) Dodge Camaros came out in the 60s?
1: Um,
0: challenges? Yeah. 60s challengers, Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, this is 1960 is when our story Still, officially ends. That's
1: incredibly late for people to be hanging. That seems very strange.
0: Well, the last ones in Canada in total were 1962. What
1: was everyone else doing? They must be doing the electric chair or something in the yeah, States at that point. Yeah,
0: the States had the electric chair and then eventually got the lethal injection.
1: Yeah. Well, what would you prefer if you had to choose? Hanging or electric chair?
0: I don't know. Both? <laughs> seem terrible. They're both worse. They're both worse. Okay. <laughs> I was going to be like, electric or lethal injection? I'd be like, lethal injection because then I just, I get I fall asleep so that's fine, but that wasn't part of the options. Yeah,
1: no, that's why so, I discluded it, yeah. Because the, the that's the
0: obvious of choice. Of the two
1: traumatics, yeah. They're both worse. How would
0: I prefer to be executed? Like, <laughs> how, how many times a day do you ask yourself that question? I
1: think we all ask it every time we find a moment of silence in the day.
0: How should I be executed? How would, how would I like <laughs> like to be executed
1: okay that's just
0: lovely anyway uh so this episode was recommended to us by my sister Megan shout out to Megan I had to do so much research for this episode so so thank you Megan
1: hello Maggie
0: (laughs) only Anthony can call her that (laughs) anyway let's get on to it Robert Raymond Cook was born in Hannah, Alberta on July 15th, 1937. Where's uh Hannah? Uh, it's an hour and 20 minutes away from Stetler, which is where most of our story takes place. Oh,
1: I've been to Stetler. It's a nice place.
0: Yeah, I've only driven through it. I haven't really stayed or saw any of the sites I, there. I haven't stayed
1: for prolonged periods either. I used to pick up scrap tires from Stetler. Uh, yeah. There was a Ford dealership there. We picked up their scrap tires. But, uh, oh, I loved it. I thought it was really beautiful. It's a nice place.
0: Well, it's near Drumheller, so it's kind of in that more like... area de- Yeah. Arid. Arid,
1: arid. It's it's arid, but it's definitely grass. It's grass plains.
0: Yes. Yeah. yeah. No, don't... it's,
1: uh, the drive was beautiful. I loved it.
0: Yeah. Cause I think you, do you have to, well, no, you, you don't have to go through Stetler to get to Drumheller. No,
1: no, no. no. Stetler's past Drumheller.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's what I thought. Uh, so Robert was the only child from his father's, his father Raymond's first marriage. So Robert was only 10 years old when his mother died during a routine operation.
1: What was the routine operation for? Ingrown toenail?
0: I don't know. <laughs> do, do people operate for that? <laughs>
1: (laughs) I think so, yeah. I know know they do for bunions. You can have
0: surgery for bunions. If the nail grows
1: into your toe, I mean, how else would you get rid of it? I
0: think they can just cut it off. The toe? The nail. (laughs) Uh, You you couldn't see it, but I was giving him the really, really face. The face. uh, Every now and again, I forget that you can't see my face. So when I give you that face, I'm like, oh, shit, I got to describe that I did that face for reference.
1: That face is like my morning cup of coffee. It's just like, ah, good. Now I can get my day started.
0: Sarah, thanks. I'm an idiot. Yeah. The <laughs> <Idea> is complete.
1: <laughs> Excellent.
0: Uh, so Raymond, his father, later remarried to Robert's school teacher, Daisy Mae Gasper in 1949 when he was 12. No,
1: oh, yeah, everyone hates getting a stepmom when you're when you're a teenager. I honestly don't think anyone really enjoys their stepmom when you're a teenager.
0: Yeah, like when, you co- when a step-parent comes in from a younger age, like let's say four, then it's a little different. I, you know
1: what? I take it back. I imagine people love their stepmoms when they themselves either don't have a mom or have a really bad mom. But if you already have a perfectly fine mom, you the last thing you want is another one
0: <laughs> yeah that's not doing shade to step parents like it's, no, it's, it's a tough hard. job it's hard being a step parent I yeah. fully recognize that especially hard when it's to one of your students parents
1: what student she,
0: she was Robert was uh, her student she was a school teacher. oh so she so was his
1: teacher married his dad yes oh <laughs> Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, you can't get a
0: <laughs> no escape, really. Robert, did you do that math assignment?
1: <laughs> I know you didn't do it because
0: I live with you now. <laughs> Why is she so shrill?
1: Well, because all all math teachers are shrill. The fact, yeah.
0: Most of the math teachers I remember just like gave no shits. They're like, <laughs> you're not gonna retain this. There's no this. escaping
1: the the teacher when you get home, though. That's the worst. That's yeah, rough. Okay, exactly. so moving on.
0: Uh, so the family moved to Stetler shortly after, and went, uh, and the couple went on to have five children together. So he has five uh, half siblings.
1: Okay. Five half siblings. Yeah. So
0: Robert was a troubled youth and didn't get along with his stepmother very well, as we mentioned. Yeah.
1: There you go. Uh, Shocker. Yeah.
0: So he started committing various crimes at around age 14. Okay. Well,
1: that's not as common. It's not like, oh, I had a stepmom. So suddenly I became troubled. But yeah. Okay. So what kind of crimes was he committing?
0: So most of them were for stealing cars since he learned how to hotwire them when he was 10.
1: Well, who taught him how to hotwire cars? I'm
0: assuming his dad did since his dad is a mechanic or was oh, a mechanic.
1: Okay. Okay. Yeah. I don't know why you teach your 10-year-old that, but or maybe he just figured it out if he was working in the mechanic shop. Yeah, and with he's, his dad. He's heard about hot wiring and he's smart enough to go under the ignition and put two and two together. And yeah, what I mean by that is put the ignition wires together and get the actual battery started. That's cool. That's really neat though. Huh. So he's learned how to hot wire cars at 10. I
0: don't know if he worked at a garage, but later you'll find out that in his garage, they made a, like a grease pit, but it was like, it was basically just big hole where one person could fit in. Right,
1: yeah. And then the car can drive over top yeah. And you can change the oil without having to crawl under the car.
0: But basically, it's, I think, five foot by six foot. So it's not like really big. Yeah. You know, it's, it's the... in the pictures, you know, you can see it's really for one person. Oh, yeah.
1: It's the low tech solution. The high tech solution. Yeah. Some people install hoists in their garage, which actually lifts the car up above your head. With this lower technology, we just dug a pit in the ground so you could stand underneath the car when it drives it's cheaper. over you. Yeah. It's
0: definitely the cheaper option. Yeah. Although I've seen the pictures, I would get so claustrophobic in that. Pit. Oh yeah, like it's so it's so tiny. Anyways, so anyway, he's,
1: so he's a troubled youth that he's stealing cars at fourteen. Uh yeah. Okay. Uh,
0: but so he was convicted for the first time on November fifth, nineteen fifty two. He was charged with illegal possession of alcohol and was either to pay a fine of twenty dollars, which is one hundred and eighty dollars Canadian now, or spend fifteen days in jail. So obviously they paid the fine. That's really
1: strange. So illegal possession of alcohol. He was underage. that was, was fourteen. The problem. So
0: so that was his first time getting convicted for something. Was the alcohol? I
1: wonder if they had. Juvie back then, or just because like jail time for a fourteen year old? That seems strange. I
0: think they just jail is a very like umbrella term.
1: Yeah. Still, the idea of sending nowadays sending a kid to jail for having alcohol on him that seems really weird. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if he stole the alcohol.
1: Yeah. But... I'm assuming
0: he did because he he robs shit all the time in the future. Right. Like okay, he just but... he's a petty thief. He's, right. He's a petty so
1: he's, thief. He's, he's now he's been convicted for what?
0: uh Illegal possession of alcohol. That's it. Was First not,
1: not the stealing cars.
0: Uh that that comes after, like oh, okay. you know, that's his other that's his other you know charges, but his very first one was the illegal possession of alcohol. Okay. So in between his jail stints, as I said, Robert worked as a mechanic with his father repairing cars. Oh. He was known to be, as they say, car crazy.
1: Okay, so he's like kind of a mechanic fanatic. Yeah, yeah.
0: like the dude's obsessed he with cars.
1: T- can't look at something without taking it apart and putting it back together. I know the type for sure. Yeah. Okay, so he doesn't sound like that bad of a guy so far.
0: No, uh so there was no violence on his record and many described him as being a pleasant person but a constant liar.
1: Okay. Some yeah. people
0: also believed that he would be the next Elvis Presley based on his looks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do they have anything else to go on other than his looks?
0: I'm gonna say no, but he's pretty good looking. Yeah, but
1: Elvis Presley didn't just walk into a room and say, "Hey, everybody, I'm good looking," <laughs> and suddenly and became always, an icon. Did he
0: always talk like that, or did he like kind of ham up that accent like oh, God, as he got I, famous? Ha- having
1: not known the man myself, I couldn't tell you what he's like in his private time.
0: Well, I'm just curious, you know.
1: Yeah, I'm sure there's some Elvis fanatics out there that can tell you all about his personal life.
0: Yeah. Uh. So Robert went to prison again in. In nineteen fifty seven for robbing the Bowden Treasury Branch. He served two years of his sentence at the Saskatchewan Penitentiary in Prince Albert, which is five hours and forty five minutes away from Stettler and in Saskatchewan, obviously.
1: Well that that seems like a pretty big uh big little heist there. Yep. Yeah. I mean, Rob, what did he steal from the treasury like um, priceless paintings
0: as far like later we'll find out it was it was a lot of money he oh. stole a, a, a treasury so oh. a tr- it, so he stole money wow yeah cool I'll, I'll get into the prices later when it when we get there so he was released in June of 1959 he was among the hundred prisoners to be released as part of a special amnesty to mark Queen Elizabeth's visit to Canada <laughs> Which I don't think makes a lot of sense.
1: (laughs) The queen's coming. Flood the streets with convicts.
0: Apparently. (laughs) I don't, like i i don't like we're the queen's is doing she... her little
1: wave hello <laughs> they let you she know she's waving to convicts they've set free
0: i know they're gonna rob her what is
1: what is that <laughs> what is that they set convicts free when the queen shows up i
0: i guess man, i man the I, 60s I were a
1: wild time
0: well this is 59 still but yeah. yeah the
1: 50s and 60s
0: <laughs> yeah we're
1: still hanging people and setting prisoners free because the queen came by <laughs>
0: <laughs> yep, yep, fun times.
1: <laughs> right on. All right. So, but he was caught, hey? Like, did he didn't successfully
0: rob the treasury? No, he did. He just got arrested for it later. So
1: they caught up with him. Yes. But he got away with it at the time. Yes. Okay. Yes,
0: he did, which we'll come back to later. Okay. Uh, so on June 27th, 1959, three days after being released, Robert returned to Stetler proudly showing off his new 1959 white convertible. Okay. Arth-
1: oh, hold on, where, where did he get the car from?
0: Um, I'll explain that. But basically, yeah, he goes into the timeline later on when he got the car. And okay, how he the, got the car.
1: So he's out of jail now yep. because and the queen came by.
0: Yes, and, and he's
1: showing up back in his hometown as Stetler, showing his, off
0: a new convertible with a
1: new convertible that he must have just bought or stole or something. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: so RCMP questioned him about the new car, which he claimed that he traded in the family station wagon for it, and also explained that was why he had his father's wallet because it had the necessary paperwork to transfer it over. So okay. He so says, he, he
1: had his father's wallet too.
0: Yeah. So he had his father's wallet, and he said that his father gave him the family station wagon so he could trade it in for the convertible, which, um, you know, is why he had his wallet because it had paperwork for man, the that, station wagon. That's
1: one hell of a trade. <laughs> Must have been trade plus some money. I'm assuming so. Yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Okay. Uh, so police were acting on a complaint from Edmonton where a dealership claimed that a man named Raymond Cook didn't fill out the paperwork for the convertible. What does that
1: mean, didn't fill out the paperwork?
0: I'm not really sure. Who it's gave just... this
1: guy the keys? <laughs> or did he hotwire it and take or it without filling out the paperwork? Maybe he went for
0: the test drive and then just never came back. Usually the sale Salesman
1: goes with you. I
0: don't know. I didn't get that information.
1: (laughs) Salesman had to tuck and roll.
0: But they just, you know, they, they okay. just said that they couldn't, you know, okay. that paperwork wasn't well, done. That's,
1: that's a little weird. So he gets, they got to come, maybe he just filled it out wrong. Maybe he gave falsified information. Well,
0: he did put his dad's name because they said a man named Raymond Cook, not yeah. Robert. Maybe
1: he just falsified information. He's, they said he's a liar. He does lie yeah. a lot. So And nope. he's a petty thief. Or maybe a check didn't clear or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so anyways,
1: so the dealership calls and complains to Stetler police. Uh,
0: They just file a report being like this happened. And then yeah. the RCMP uh, noticed earlier that that day that he was parading the convertible and they're like oh it's a small
1: town so they saw him it's a
0: small town and you know he's known for you know robbing and being a petty thief he's a troublemaker and and for grand theft auto as well so okay so he shows
1: up in a new car and the police already have their their flags up a little bit
0: exactly okay the weird part is inside the car police found a box with family documents including birth certificates insurance policies raymond's marriage certificate and the children's report cards in the truck children's report cards. so his siblings the oldest is nine at this point
1: yeah a lot of weird stuff to have in the... When did he get a chance to go and get all that stuff? And why? That's well, weird. Well, later
0: it says that he went to the house first, got the station wagon, and then went to get the car. So maybe he got oh, it. Oh, well, right. He traded was... the
1: station wagon. Yeah. yeah. So he, he was at his house at some point. Yeah. So, God, that's weird.
0: We, we go on the timeline later when it, we're, you know... Where's Robert story?
1: living at this point?
0: Uh, he lives with them. Weird. Like in the family house. Okay. Like they have a, they have a big house. Okay. Well, let's, let's carry on
1: then. So the police find a whole bunch of stuff he ought not to have in yeah. the car with him.
0: Oh, I'm not even done. Okay. So he's also carrying a suitcase with four sets of children's pajamas, new bed sheets, and a photo album with pictures of his mother.
1: There's a lot of weird stuff. To, I can't even imagine what you're going to do with all those things.
0: I mean, some of the stuff, like the ID, it makes sense because he used that ID to get the car. Yeah,
1: but like brand, but rest, new, brand new bed sheets and children's pajamas and your mother's photo album. That's weird. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. Uh,
0: so Robert was arrested for obtaining the convertible under False pretenses since he used Raymond's ID to buy the car. right.
1: Yeah, I used his dad. So there you go. He was probably he probably said he was Raymond. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah,
0: uh, so police went to the Cook property to speak with Raymond and inform him inform him that his son had been arrested. No one was home, but a neighbor told them that they tried to reach the family on June 25th, uh, which is two days before this. Okay,
1: this neighbor tried to call the house.
0: Yeah, and a man answered the phone stating that the family had gone to Vancouver. A man?
1: So like someone he didn't recognize? Or? Uh,
0: that's what it sounds like. I feel like, you know, if it was one of the family, he'd be like, oh, it would have been, you know, like Raymond or Daisy May answered the phone. Or, yeah,
1: or the, or the son. the uh, or- Robert. Robert. Yeah. yeah. You think he would have recognized? So okay. So they said.
0: So police found that a little suspicious. So a strange
1: that, man has now said the family is on vacation
0: in Vancouver. In
1: Vancouver. Okay. Yeah.
0: Uh, so police went back to the house on June 28th, 1959, and planned on searching the house for the family because they That's were a little. Weird. Yeah, yeah. They were suspicious. Uh, so inside the house, they discovered blood splatter on the walls and dried blood stains on the TV. Oh wow. During their search, they also found the master bedroom in complete disarray with clothes strewn about everywhere. When police lifted a pile of clothes found on the bed, they discovered a large, damp blood stain in the center of the bed. Also in the center of the bed was a double barrel shotgun with blood all over the butt end.
1: Oh boy.
0: Yeah. Under the mattress, police found some light blue pants and a blue jacket with blood on them as well. There was also a red tie and a white shirt with the name Ross on it, along with more bloodstains.
1: That's weird. So maybe someone, like Ross, was it like a brand name or is this the guy's name sewn into the label? Or? I'm
0: assuming so because they later they search for who owned the shirt and they weren't able to find that. Oh that's
1: weird. Yeah. Okay, so it's not looking good. There's like no. clearly a murder scene in here.
0: No, it gets worse. Uh so when the search was moved to the garage, they found large pieces of cardboard on the ground lining the floor. Okay. As they removed the cardboard, the smell of decaying bodies grew.
1: Oh okay. Yeah.
0: Here they discovered the bodies of Raymond, Daisy May, and their children, Gerald 9, Patrick 8, Christopher 6, Kathy 4, and um, Linda 3 oh. in the make- makeshift grease pit that I mentioned before. Oh which no, is like,
1: he stuffed him in the grease pit.
0: Yeah. The whole family were bludgeoned to death beyond recognition, but there is evidence that the parents also suffered from shotgun blasts.
1: Oh, wow. That's violent. That yeah. is really, really violent. Yeah. Man, someone murdered an entire family?
0: Mm-hmm. They believe that the whole thing took about two hours for the person to do.
1: Wow. That is heinous.
0: Yeah. Police believe that they were killed in their sleep as all of them were still wearing their pajamas.
1: Hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that's, yeah, I don't even have words. That is awful.
0: Yeah. Once they were dead, the killer dragged their bodies to the grease pit and put various things over them like tires, rims, and more cardboard to hide the bodies. Okay. So in the pictures of the grease pit, it's basically a hole. So if you stuff stuff on top, you can't see what's underneath yeah. the stuff. It's just
1: a, it's a square hole in the ground. It's a square yeah. hole in
0: the ground. Exactly. Yeah. You can Google the photos. I'll add the links into on th- to the website.
1: Now, I remember when you were looking at photos; those are pretty graphic.
0: Yeah, just be warned. On one of the links I'll post, they show the bodies in the grease pit, so be warned.
1: Oh, yeah. I don't know if I want to watch that. Yeah. Um.
0: Or no, no. The website doesn't show the bodies. It, it was a video I was watching that oh, showed okay. the bodies. So no, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, Robert was charged with their murders and was sent to be assessed for thirty days. Hold on.
1: Why was Robert charged with the murders? Um,
0: it was just all circumstantial. Like you know, he got really released from prison three days before and yeah, yeah, then but all... he's back in town uh doing stuff under his dad's name and then yeah you but
1: know... i mean that doesn't fit his mo at all
0: no that... it doesn't but that's what they suspect you know
1: yeah but that man i'll say that is circumstantial like yeah I, I'll there's, admit, there's some fishy stuff going on. He had their, he had the family station wagon, his dad's wallet, uh, and a bunch of personal items in the car. So like, yeah, some weird stuff is going on, but I don't know. That's not a lot to charge someone on.
0: No, uh, the everything in this case is 100% circumstantial. There's no forensic evidence, yeah. like DNA, fingerprints, okay, anything. Okay, well, I'll
1: reserve my judgment for now, but let, yeah. okay, so far it seems a little weird that they just up and arrested him.
0: Well, he was already in their custody for the, oh, yeah. uh, the ID thing.
1: Yeah, see, he's already in... In their custody, I don't know if I would have charged. Anyways, yeah. let's let's carry on. Uh,
0: so he was sent to be assessed for thirty days by psychiatrists at the Pinocchio Mental Hospital.
1: Uh, what days? What did they find out there?
0: Well, it's only because, like, we'll we'll get to that. Okay. Uh, police wanted to see if Robert was mentally fit to stand trial after breaking down during his charge reading. An RCMP officer described the breakdown as he broke down completely. He said, "Not dad, not mom, and not the kids. He was crying. We had to leave him for a while and went back later and explained what." the circumstances were.
1: Oh, wow. Yes. So so either, well, we know he's a good liar, but I don't know. So he's, he's like in shock that this happened.
0: So he just found out that his entire family has been murdered and then he's being charged for the murders. Oh my
1: God. I think I'd be pretty unstable myself too.
0: Yep. I'd probably break down sobbing. There's a, there's a lot to unpack there for one, one brain that's only 22. Oh my God. I forgot.
1: He's just a kid still. Yeah. Oh my God.
0: Exactly. On Friday, July 10th, 1959, Robert escaped between a 11:30 30 p.m. and midnight from the high security hospital oh he escaped yeah uh okay later it was discovered that two men helped him escape by giving him a tool to use on the steel grills on the windows and provided him with a car wow
1: who are these guys
0: just people that work there i assume maybe, know- they,
1: maybe they believed it was circumstantial evidence yeah. as well uh
0: no arrests have been made in connection with the escape so oh. the people that helped him didn't get arrested okay police were informed of the escape and put up roadblocks on highway 2 highway 53e and highway 12 towards Stettler. you know where all those are right um more or less basically highway 2 is the main
1: one yeah yeah highway 2 is the main for anyone who's not familiar with alberta which is probably a lot of people yeah. Uh, Alberta has one major highway that runs north to south uh, across the entire province, and that's Highway Two. Yeah. So that's the big main highway, and then that everyone and uses. then all the other smaller highways around Stettler. There's a lot yeah. of little highways that cross all
0: over Alberta. Yeah. Uh, so not long after his escape, RCMP at the Highway Twelve roadblock noticed a suspicious car near Nevis, which is a small town. Okay. Which is 18 minutes from Stettler and 44 minutes from Pernauke from Pinoca, which is where he was coming from, remember?
1: Right, the Pinoca. Yeah, uh,
0: he was leaving Pinoka Hospital. Hospital, yeah. yeah. Uh, so they tried approaching the vehicle as it slowed down, but the car suddenly sped up and darted in between the two, top, two cop cars. The car crashed after taking the turn too sharp, but Robert managed to slip away from the wreckage undetected. Oh, wow. So they didn't catch him there.
1: Oh, crazy. That sounds like something right out of Grand Theft Auto. Just manage to crash your car in the bushes and immediately hop out and run for it. Right. Uh, they get there and all they find is a wrecked car smoking but they don't find you pretty
0: much yeah Wow,
1: that guy is agile (laughs) he can just fly when he wants to
0: to be fair he is also only 22 like that's peak physical health yeah
1: yeah he just crashed the car leaped out like a gazelle and was gone (laughs) wow (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so four helicopters were sent over the area and the roadblocks were strengthened.
1: Whoa. Four helicopters in the 50s? Oh man, this
0: was a huge thing. Airplanes were involved. The military got involved. Well, that's
1: where the helicopters would have come from. We didn't yeah. have stars and uh, or not stars. We didn't have the police helicopters in the
0: 50s. Yeah, no. The, mean, it was a, it, this is a huge, huge something thing. something else. Yeah. yeah. It, this was a huge search party ah. uh, for him. So police believe that Robert was making his way to Stettler to get certain people. Mm. Uh, uh, so one of those people was Fred Biggs, who's a magistrate, who the, was the man that sent him to be assessed at the hospital, and coincidentally also gave Robert Robert his first sentence. Okay,
1: hold on. This is more circumstantial, right? Robert never said, I'm off to go get people?
0: No, he didn't say that. I think, I don't remember if there's evidence of that. I think some, like, neighbors or something heard him talking about, you know, like, beating someone up or something, but not really actually doing anything this about it. This all
1: sounds circumstantial. It, it, it's like all said, circumstantial. It's
0: again. all this entire... Entire case is all one hundred percent circumstantial. There is no hard evidence in this case whatsoever. Okay,
1: so they they assume that he's, he's going
0: after Fred Biggs, uh, which is the magistrate that sent him to the Pinocchio Hospital and also uh, sentenced him for the illegal possession of alcohol the first gotcha. time. Okay. Yeah. Uh. So police got word that the Nevis Hall was broken into Saturday morning. So we're July eleventh now. Okay. Uh. In the first thing in the morning. At that time, the hall was filled with dry goods. So I'm assuming he went there to get food. Oh,
1: oh this guy, man this guy really can make it happen. Mm -hmm. So he broke into, this is starting to feel kind of like, almost like fallout or something. Like Like, you're watching a movie. Yeah, now I'm in the town of Nevis and I know the hall has dried goods in it. So I'm going to run for that. I'm
0: going to loot it. Yeah,
1: I'm going to throw it all in my rucksack and off I go. (laughs)
0: <laughs> unfortunately this isn't like video games where your rucksack is pretty much unlimited oh too bad. it's real life you know not as not as glamorous as fallout or yeah. any of those other video games um if you
1: run out of space just stick it between your butt cheeks that's nature's pocket <laughs>
0: <laughs> a fallout reference and a futurama reference those are rare
1: <laughs> yes yes ma'am <laughs>
0: So, police believe that Robert was making his way towards the small town of Alex, which is 13 minutes away from Nevis.
1: Okay, so he's going from one little town to the next.
0: Yeah, uh, so after, so Robert later stated that he fought through eight kilometers of thick brush to get there from Nevis to oh, Alex. Oh, he didn't, yeah, I
1: guess he didn't take the road, so he bushwhacked it all the way from one town to the eight next. Eight
0: kilometers.
1: Yeah, of, yeah. Of, of, like, that's not lots for flat ground, but, but bushwhacking. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, that's you're rough. gonna
0: get all cut up. You're yeah, gonna, that's rough. Yeah, uh, so I just
1: stay in the eight kilometers of bush, they'd never find you. Oh, well, they'd
0: find you eventually. <laughs> nah,
1: not easily. They wouldn't know where you were.
0: Well, you gotta go somewhere. Like, you can't just stay in the bushes. He just packed
1: up on dry goods. He's good for like a month, <laughs> at
0: least. I mean, that's fair, I suppose. Anyways. Uh, so the search continued until it became dark and was put on hold until morning. I don't know why that would impede the investigation, but I'm not an RCMP, so I can't say. Yeah. Especially in the 60s. Maybe there wasn't as much lighting back then.
1: Oh, no, yeah. And they don't have... Are you kidding? me, of course. Like if, it, if we're talking in the bush, like in the wilderness, the only thing they would have had at their resource would have been helicopters and they have to be down at legal sundown. They can't be flying at night without any kind of night vision equipment, which they do not Oh, wouldn't. really? Yeah. Oh, even, okay. even nowadays, pilots have to have very specialized training. Like when I was doing wildlands firefighting, this is back in 09 to 2012, yep. we had to be back by legal down. Oh, Otherwise, if, okay. if the helicopter couldn't pick us up by legal sundown or before legal sundown, we were left behind and we had to stay huh. in the bush because the helicopter has to put down. Huh. Unless they have, like, unless the pilot has gone through these special certified courses and also has night vision equipment on the helicopter, which is super expensive. and yeah. Not very common.
0: Not really. So. Yeah.
1: Yeah. No. Okay. It's, yeah. So they would put the the search on hold. You know, if it was on the highways or something, then the cars could keep going. But, but you, he's going
0: through brush. Yeah.
1: You're not looking through the brush during the nighttime. It's no. not happening.
0: I mean, smart move on his behalf then.
1: Yeah, totally. Because
0: that gives you like eight hours of, of movement. Yeah, like you might get undetected. You
1: might get teams of officers with dogs that could go all night and long. And
0: flashlights. Yeah, right.
1: that's what I mean. Yeah. Flashlights and dogs and f- forming search teams. But if they think this guy's as dangerous as they seem to think he is, then you know, I don't know if they'd want to do that.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so on Monday morning, RCMP received a call from a garage in Alex claiming that it had been broken into the night before and their 1957 Monarch was stolen. What is, what is a Monarch? It looks like a really fancy car. Like, it, it, like like, like fancy, one of those big ones? A fancy 50s car, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Yeah.
1: I love those 50s yeah. cars with the wing design.
0: Yeah, exactly. Gorgeous. So the car was known for speed and had enough gas left for 483 kilometers, which centered their search around the town of, I don't know if it's Bashaw or Bashaw. I, right. I
1: always say Bashaw.
0: Bashaw? Yeah. Okay. Uh, which Stetler is 40 kilometers southeast of.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah.
0: Have you been to Bashaw? I passed by. Oh, okay.
1: On my hall road.
0: Okay. Uh, So during Robert's escape, radios and newspapers were constantly giving updates on his possible whereabouts. Children were kept indoors, and even though police said to lock their doors, people were leaving their cars and houses unlocked so that if Robert came by, he could just grab their car and leave without hurting them.
1: Oh, oh, that is some panic. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. (laughs) keep okay, mind, they for must for a man
0: that has no violence on his record ever.
1: Yeah, a, a, a kid that has no violence on his record no, ever. No,
0: just he's a petty thief. Yeah, he's a petty thief. That's all. As far he as, is. as the
1: public knows, they think he murdered his entire family and, and potentially
0: and, is armed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, and yeah, exactly. So they're they're freaked out by this guy.
0: I mean, you know, any prisoner on the run is scary, and then probably gets embellished by the news.
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. Uh, so multiple people had sighted him near the town of Bashaw, which is 23 minutes Hold from Alice. Hold on, Alex. I just
1: thought of a prisoner that would not be very scary if he was on the run. What? Mr. Exotic himself.
0: Joe Joe Exotic's on the run. (laughs) He couldn't go that far, not with his leg.
1: Yeah, he's just limping around yelling at people. Fucking Carol Bashkin.
0: (laughs) Which, uh, just so everyone knows, you can dress up as Joe Exotic for Halloween.
1: Yeah, we saw his costume in the
0: party city.
1: Yeah, you know you've made it in the big times when you yourself are now a costume. (laughs)
0: The the mullet and the mustache and everything. And the the purple
1: tiger striped suit and everything. Thing, yeah
0: and his jacket with tassels you can get that too
1: uh the tassels anyways love the tassels, moving past so. the escape of joe exotic <laughs> which people would not be very scared of
0: oh man that'd be entertaining as hell you would know he just they would just be like oh carol baskin's here he's like that fucking bitch
1: that fucking bitch carol baskin <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> just get her on the loudspeaker. speaker he'll just draw him out from the bushes yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> he attacks the speakers
0: <laughs> at carol baskin carol baskin
1: <laughs> Sure. Anyways, moving on.
0: Uh, so multiple people had sighted him near the town of Bashaw, which is 23 minutes from Alex and 25 minutes from Nevis, just for reference of location.
1: Okay, And enough.
0: A man named Norman Duff, Duffa call, or called the RCMP and notified them that a man fitting Robert's description was hiding behind his pig farm. Oh, okay. So we're back to pig farms.
1: Pig farms. <laughs> <laughs> He's hiding behind my piggy palace. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to have guests come over. Get this man out of my piggy palace. <laughs> I was supposed to have a party. A party at my piggy palace. <laughs> God. Okay, so the man collapses behind the piggy palace, <laughs> behind the Bashaw piggy palace.
0: Oh, God. <laughs> So, when police arrived, they found Robert completely exhausted after spending 84 hours on the run. Oh, wow. When they found him, he was still in his hospital pants. He had no shirt on and was wearing a dark jacket. Okay. So, 100 RCMP and 70 armed soldiers along with airplanes and helicopters were part of the search for him.
1: (laughs) Wow, I told
0: you he was huge. They were
1: really looking for him.
0: Yeah. So, Robert was taken to the Bashaw detachment cell, which is still in place today in the existing fire hall. I believe they have a little museum set up for him there. Oh, okay. uh, Now, actually, which I'm, I want to check out. Yeah,
1: that'd be something to see. It's yeah. not too far from us.
0: Apparently they have a piece. Oh, but I'll, I'll explain that after. It kind of gives stuff away right now. Okay, well,
1: let's carry on then. So yeah. he finally gets arrested and behind the Piggy Palace. <laughs>
0: Yes. Uh, so only, two, uh, you know, a little over two hours after being captured, Robert was then taken to Edmonton and placed in a maximum security cell to wait his uh, hearing, I think, his preliminary yeah, okay. hearing. Yeah. Um. So during his first trial, uh, the jury took 90 minutes to come back with a guilty verdict.
1: Oh, uh, but they, the, didn't, they didn't think that one through.
0: No, but the request for a new trial that was sent to Alberta Court of Appeals was successful. So Robert stood trial again in the old Red Deer courthouse at the end of November in 19 19- Okay. His defense attorney, McNaughton, stated that the gun had no fingerprints on it and that there's no evidence that Robert ever owned a gun. The gun, yeah. the gun also didn't belong to anyone in the Cook family.
1: Yeah, it's completely... So
0: that shotgun didn't wasn't owned by any of them, didn't have anyone's fingerprints on it. And
1: Robert's never committed a crime with a gun.
0: He's never had any violence on his record. Yeah. Ever.
1: Yeah. It really doesn't fit at all. Someone who's doing little petty crimes and stealing doesn't just flip and murder his entire family brutally
0: yeah exactly like
1: there's murder which is already awful on its own but then there's the brutal nature of this murder which like you said would have taken two hours to is pr- what they suspect, to, yeah. to commit like that's two hours of bashing dead people
0: and then dragging their bodies yeah
1: no that doesn't sound at all like this guy although
0: i feel like the bodies would have uh taken the longest to move
1: i bet you he was going to Stettler to look for vengeance he probably has an idea who might have done it
0: i, th- I think so might, might
1: not have but he was probably going for for blood i imagine i would be
0: yeah yeah, yeah. if someone slaughtered my entire family. Yeah, yeah I don't, especially I don't wanna... in that manner. Well, especially the children. Who bludgeons children? What the fuck yeah, is wrong with you, yeah. if, you if you're bludgeoning, bludgeoning children? Yeah,
1: that's fucked up. OK, so is he he got his retrial.
0: Um, So this is the case that was presented. So like I said, uh, his defense attorney said that he never owned a gun. The gun didn't belong to anyone in the Cook family. The defense lawyer, like the defense counsel, even put out an ad in the Stettler Independent uh, to find out who owned the shotgun. No right. one, no, no well, one no ever one's came. No going
1: to step forward. Oh, yeah, that's my shotgun gun that was used to horribly, horribly murder these people. Yeah. Yeah, that's nice. Put an ad out. That's going to work. Uh,
0: so he also stated that there is no blood on Robert's shoes, in his car, or anywhere on him at the time that he was arrested. Oh,
1: okay. I- I'm sorry. Oh, no, never mind. But this was, this was, I'm inclined to think you could never commit those murders and not have a drop of blood on you. But at the same time, it was a few days later. So he yeah, could Yeah, so
0: have... he, the, they suspect that they were murdered on June 25th and he arrived in Stettler on the 27th. Was
1: he in Stetler? Could he have been in Stettler on the 25th? Or is it not even possible that he was even there? He
0: goes into his timeline. Um, so it's really up to you if you believe did, his timeline he, Yeah, or he not. did
1: have his dad's car and his dad's wallet. So you know he was in Stettler at some point. So he could have been there on the 25th. Well, we don't know.
0: Well, he was there. Like, I'll get into it. They also found no cuts or bruises on Robert's hands after he was arrested. So oh. there's, there's no blood, there's no cuts, there's no bruises. Okay,
1: honestly, that for me, that's it right there. To me, that's what I would look at and be like, he can't have done it.
0: Well, bludgeoning is a lot of blood.
1: Two hours of. Uh, of and this. five people. Yeah, no. Or
0: seven people, sorry. No. seven people.
1: It was already in my mind really unlikely that he did it. Now I'm 100% he did it. Yeah. You can't. You can't commit a crime like that and have zero marks. And you'd think even a few days later, there'd still be some blood on the guy. But, you know, whatever. Well,
0: forensics wasn't what it is today.
1: I know, but still, no injuries or cuts. I'm yeah. sorry. Uh, no, yeah. he can't have done it. It also doesn't make sense. It, would. it is really weird, though, that he had all his family stuff.
0: Yeah, well, now that I think about it, when I get into the next thing, I think maybe it makes more sense. But right. I'll, I'll, sure. I'll get to it. Uh, so Robert testified uh, on his trial. And he, when he was talking about the car, he stated, they wanted to know how come I was only three days out of the penitentiary and had a new convertible. I told them I traded my dad's car in on it. Robert stated that he buried $4,300, which is $38,000 today, Canadian roughly, like $38,623 that he took from the Bowdoin treasury. So he stored that, you know, $38,000 in a can, about five kilometers from Bowdoin. Uh So two days after his release, Robert testified that he stole a car in Edmonton, drove to Bowdoin and dug up the money. Oh, okay. Which $38,000 in a tin can. Nice. Well, $4,300 at that time, but that's what it's worth now. I feel
1: like that used to be a lot more common. I mean, before modern banking there, It and kind of like reminds
0: that. me of Shawshank Redemption. Yeah,
1: exactly. He had his in a can as well. Like yeah. a
0: tin... Yeah, exactly.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I, I feel like... I'm only going off what I've seen in the movies, but I feel like that would have been more common. People burying large sums of money in their backyards because...
0: Well, that's where the kind of trope where it's under the mattress, I think, maybe started. Maybe. Like people were putting their money under, under the mattress. Hiding money
1: anyways around their house or on yeah. their property because you know banking wasn't where it is now right yeah so.
0: Uh, so then, so this is all his timeline. So he then went home to Stetler to see his family who are planning on leaving for BC the next morning. He said that he gave his parents $4,100, which is about $36,000 now. So of the stolen money to help them buy a garage business in BC like they planned. So the dad wanted to open a garage business in BC, according to Robert. Oh, okay. And that the family was already planning on leaving for BC the next morning. So on the 26th morning. Right. So he claims that his father gave him the station wagon to trade in and explains that's why he had his father's wallet since it had the necessary paperwork in it. Like I mentioned, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, a witness confirmed, uh, helped confirm the story, saying that she knew the Cook family had put their house up for sale and was planning to set up a garage business outside Stettler. Oh, so a witness came forward saying, "Yeah, I knew that they sold that they put their house up for sale and that they were planning to start a garage business outside Stettler." Okay. You know, so. He then left Stetler to trade in the car. Robert testified that early morning on June 26th, he and another person were breaking into dry cleaners in Edmonton.
1: Oh, you see, officer, I couldn't have been there. (laughs) I was currently committing this crime at the time.
0: Well, that's better than uh, life in prison or being executed.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, that's still. Of all the alibis you had to give, that's not your best, most flattering alibi.
0: You'll go to jail for that one for a couple years, but, you know, that's not the same as. Could uh, anyone
1: prove that he was robbing the dry cleaner?
0: Friends did give him an alibi, but I don't think for that. And that later he picked the convertible up in Edmonton on the afternoon of the 26th. So he was in Edmonton the whole day of the 26th is what he says. Oh, okay. Like I said, Friends also gave him an alibi for the period when the murders happened. They didn't tell me what that alibi is, but that they gave him an alibi. So okay. I, I looked at so many different articles yeah. even from that time period. I did so much research for this. Yeah, eth- you like were researching
1: dec- nonstop for this one. This
0: is the most research episode i've done oh, so we're carrying on
1: we're like 42 minutes in this is a long one we've actually got a lot of information to cover
0: mind you that's pre-editing but you know
1: uh, so you guys are probably like it's not 42 minutes <laughs>
0: yeah we, it's like what are you doing
1: we've cut a fair amount of shenanigans at this point
0: <laughs> yeah i stutter a lot but that's okay
1: sometimes i fart
0: you make farting noises but that's anyways different. moving on <laughs> Robert also testified that he returned to Stetler from Edmonton around 7 p.m. on June 27th, and only after driving up and down Main Street showing off his new car did he go home. Okay. He called for his family, and when he got no answer, he assumed that they had gone through with their plans of going to BC. He then drank a beer and then returned to Main Street, which is when he was questioned by RCMP.
1: Oh, so he was in his house with his entire dead family and had no idea because they were in the grease pit. Yeah. Oh, that's, oh, that's rough. I
0: know. Yeah, oh. when I read that, I was like, oh, there Yeah, that's rough. I mean, wouldn't he uh, see the blood slaughter, though?
1: Oh, right. The whole murder scene. Yeah. That kind of goes against his story a bit, doesn't it?
0: I never, I didn't think about that until now.
1: Oh, wow. What a twist.
0: <laughs> but we're, wouldn't we're he? We're solving
1: it right here, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because they, the, they were murdered on the 25th, and that's when he saw them last. And right. then this is the 27th. And he
1: somehow went home, had a beer, and didn't notice the grisly murder scene. That's weird. Unless
0: he didn't turn on the lights. The police did say that if... Uh, I don't
1: know. It's, he's having a beer. It's going to be in the middle of the day. He's going to...
0: Unless go. he went straight to the garage, which a lot of people have. And then you didn't smell the bodies, and still you took the, the cardboard up. No, I know. Up.
1: Yeah, it's weird. It's, so not, it's, still it's not great, though. Some
0: people go in their houses through the garage. Like, yeah. you know... Um, it's so not great,
1: though, for him to... No to say he was home and didn't notice the grizzly murder scene.
0: Yeah. Uh so in court he also offered the theory that someone was looking for the loot he took from the Bowdoin Treasury robbery and that person killed his family.
1: What um where is the loot he took from the Bowdoin Treasury robbery? Well,
0: according to him he gave uh most of it to his dad to start the business. Oh. And then he kept $300 of the $4300 for himself just Oh wow. <laughs> uh, I don't I couldn't find anything what happened to the 4100 so that person might have actually taken the money. Wow. Wow. like successfully. Cuz like he's according to him earlier that day, like on the 25th, he gave his dad $4100 of the $4300. So he kept only a couple hundred okay. dollars for himself and then left the rest with his dad. Oh, okay. And then later that day his dad was murdered. So his defense also tried to identify who the bloodied Ross shirt belonged to, but no leads came up.
1: Right. Honestly, it sounds like there could have been some some serious, you know, uh crime stuff going on revolving around this uh this treasury money. Like yeah. it's like a heist. And Then someone else. Well, like I
0: said, in total, the forty-three hundred dollars is worth thirty-eight thousand today. That's a lot of money. Not really
1: enough to go that to that extent of. If you're a petty criminal,
0: that's a lot of money.
1: Maybe I don't know. These people,
0: these people he's associated with, are robbing dry cleaners. For God's sake. I know,
1: but still. Anyways, moving on. So
0: on December tenth, nineteen fifty-nine, after only thirty minutes of deliberation this time, Robert was found guilty and sentenced to hang. Wow. Appeals were sent to the federal court and federal solicitor, but ultimately were rejected. Aww. But an interesting note, I couldn't follow up on it, but um, around December 29th, 1959, the Calgary Alberton, which I assume is a newspaper article, yeah, it is. Uh, received a letter called The Guilty One, in which the author claims to be the person who killed the Cook family.
1: Really? Yeah. I mean, there's always people out there that send in these hocus letters, so who knows?
0: I did try to find yeah. it. I, I wasn't able take to. That,
1: take that one with a grain of salt. It might have been the real murderer or might have just been another idiot who's just, yeah. they always do this.
0: So I couldn't find any evidence if this was followed up. Up on, yeah, I'm assuming not because they already charged him and successfully sentenced yeah. him. Uh, so as his execution date grew near, a plea for a sentence to be commuted to a life sentence was sent to federal officials but was ultimately rejected again. Okay, Robert was originally set to be hanged on April 15th, 1960, but the execution was postponed. Don't really remember why. Oh, okay. Um, so Robert was hanged on November 15th, 1960, around but around uh 10 p.m., so two hours before his uh execution, Robert. Robert was baptized into the Lutheran Church. Oh, wow. Uh, so the lever was pulled at 12.05 a.m. and Robert was pronounced dead at 12.19 a.m. <sighs> so it took him 14 minutes to die. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Robert donated his eyes to the Edmonton Eye Bank and his body to the anatomy department of the University of Alberta. Wow, he's
1: a stand-up dude. Yeah. 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 I mean, we don't know if he did the murders or I mean, not, if you're but...
0: sketch, I don't really think you're um, donating your body. Or, like
1: it... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I was going to say, well, you know, he wanted to be, he wanted to be baptized right before the end because he's worried about his soul. So it, I'm kind of like, maybe that's a plus. But at the same time, then it's like, well, maybe he's looking for redemption, but maybe just redemption for petty crimes, not redemption for a massive crime. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, honestly, I, I, I'm leaning towards this guy is totally innocent. I, I think so I think, too. I think they legit hung an innocent man in the 60s.
0: I think so. Yeah. Uh, So he was the last person to die by capital punishment in Alberta before it was formally abolished in 1976. Oh my God. Uh, The last capital punishment in Canada was two people in Ontario in 1962, and it was a double hanging. So 1962 was one of the last people got uh, executed, and then it was abolished in 1976. Right. So thankfully, not that many people got executed after that. But still, 60 years later, the case lives on in the minds of the community. McNaughton, to this day, isn't entirely sure Robert was guilty. You know, he's 92 and he's still going strong. Good, wow. for, good for you, McNaughton.
1: That's something else, yeah.
0: You're 92 and still going school to school to talk about this. I'm
1: with you, McNaughton. I'm pretty sure he wasn't guilty either. There's At least at the well, very- Well, he
0: calls himself a fence sitter. He's not sure either way. At
1: the very least, there's not enough information to convict this well, guy. I
0: feel with capital punishment, there needs to be no doubt whatsoever. Yeah. You need to have all your ducks are ironclad. Yes, yeah. this person did it. There is no other suspect whatsoever.
1: Although that, you know, under that, that's why we just abolish it. Because exactly. Because you, you, never, you never have it's, that. It's never ironclad. No.
0: Well, it's just, there's too much human error and that's That's just human nature, which is fine, but that's a person's life. I mean, you
1: can, you can have all the evidence and the guy can confess and we still have trials where it wasn't true and he was innocent. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. No, I know.
0: So he did, so McNaughton teams up with a man named Malcolm Fisher who was nine at the time and who also became fascinated with the case. So Fisher believes that Robert was guilty and that there was enough evidence to convict him. So like I said, together they go to schools to teach them about the case and hear opposing views. Right. Okay. So in 2019, Stetler's Public Library recorded one of their debates in which 300 people showed up and uh, you can find a copy to, of it online. I found like a couple minute video of it. Oh cool. It's really interesting to see the debate. Yeah. Uh, so also a poem that Robert wrote while in prison was, uh, was found decades later and was in the possession of one of the guards at the prison he was at.
1: Okay. Uh, I don't expect you to read out the whole poem but do what's the gist of it.
0: I'll read out the last stanza. They'll measure me, they'll weigh me they'll put a black hood on my head then they'll pull that lever and I'll soon be dead you people of the world take note. The innocent do die at the end of a rope.
1: Oh wow. See. That's
0: powerful. Yeah,
1: no. And he's yeah, I'm sorry. Now I know a poem isn't evidence, but I'm really on, on the he didn't do it side. He did, He's completely acting like an innocent, scared 22-year-old. Well,
0: he died when he was 23.
1: Right. but You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, like, honestly, petty crimes, yes. You know, guilty conscience, yes. But man, no, this guy did not do this. Not to mention, we're also going over the main point, motive. Why? Why would he, like, did anyone bother to ask? Why would he, you know, have reason to murder his entire family? I also would like to know why he had all their stuff in his his car.
0: Well, he was planning to move to BC with him.
1: So that was randomly um, that kind of works.
0: That's what that's my my theory is that kinda works. So it's like
1: the mix match of just random crap he could fit in his car before heading out that way.
0: Yeah. So the plan was according to him that they were gonna move to BC there and start the garage business and then he would follow them. So since they were moving cross province, yeah. Um it would make sense to have that sort of documentation. Oh my
1: god. So he went back to the house in his car, got all that stuff. He's like, they're going to need pajamas. They're going to need report cards. We can't leave mom's photo album behind. We can't. Oh my God. He took all their stuff so that he could bring it to them. Yeah. Uh, and that's what I Not think. knowing they're all dead. Yeah. Um, oh, this guy's innocent guys. I swear this guy, we hung an innocent guy in the sixties. Yeah. This is ridiculous.
0: Well, um, the first two lines of the beginning, uh, really get me too. I know I'm not guilty, but what can I do? The jury just guessed that crime I did do.
1: He's not, not a great poet. I mean, he's mostly just rhyming. But yeah,
0: I mean... About the jury just guessing. Yeah. ay yeah yeah Yeah. Awful. Uh. So long story short, a dude from Stetler was charged with murdering his family and immediately escaped from his cell, then was hanged in 1960, which is way too late to be hanging people.
1: Way too late. Way like too late. the old timey.
0: Well, that's like when I think hanging, I think medieval, you know? I think... No, I don't think medieval. I
1: think more like uh wet, the wild west. You know what I mean? But still, we're talking like 1800s. Yeah, exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So, funny side note, so remember when he was caught? Yeah. Uh that he was wearing hospital pants a dark jacket no shirt sure i found a quote that says something different and i don't know if it's true but it's funny okay so an rcmp described robert when they found him as he had no weapons no shirt carrying two coats and was wearing women's boots with a jug of water and a black floppy hat
1: (laughs) i'd like to know that story
0: (laughs) i don't know if that's true because the other articles said that he was wearing what i mentioned earlier (laughs) that
1: one cop was stoned out of his mind he was wearing a big floppy hat and birds were flying all around him and he's fucking lizards. There were lizards everywhere.
0: Because <laughs> it really makes more sense for him to be wearing hospital pants and, and a jacket. <laughs> the one cop you know. saw
1: something completely different.
0: I, I don't know. Fantastic. I don't know. Okay. Uh, Say so Thank you for listening to our podcast. Check out our website bondingovermurder.info and find us on Instagram at bondingovermurderpodcast to just get info on our new episodes and see what we're doing. Our next episode 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 will be out October 26th. Also, don't forget to follow
1: us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're currently on Spotify and Google Podcasts. You can also find us on our RSS feed on our website. Bye. Bye.